Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Cliff, uh, thanks for joining us here on the Business Ninjas podcast with Write For Me. We're excited to learn more about the Carabiner Group and, and what you're bringing in terms of value to your customers. So maybe we could start by just kind of reviewing the basics, you know, the company name, the website, where you folks are based. Sure. Yeah. The company name is Carabiner Group. Website is carabinergroup.com. And we are based out of Los Gatos, California, San Jose area, right? Uh, but our team is dispersed throughout North America. Great. And what's the uh, like the elevator pitch or the the synopsis for the company? Like, what's the high value that you're bringing to everybody? RevOps as a service. Okay, interesting. And what what's the career arc that you've taken to kind of bring you to this? I'm guessing you've had plenty of, of expertise in this space before. So yeah, how did you um, how did you get to here? Sure, my background is in B two B sales both mid-market and enterprise for the last 15 years prior to coming to Carabiner. Uh, my CEO, who is our founder, I, I, I joined in, what, about three and a half, four months into this thing. Uh-huh. Um, his background was Salesforce Consulting, started doing it when he was in high school, spoke at Dreamforce when he was 17, and then wow. did it full-time through undergrad, post-undergrad, which he did in three years, because he's a machine. Um, he was supposed to go work for Deloitte Digital and then has offer letter positive because of COVID and uh, decided to try starting his own company. You know, he hired two other folks after that and uh, brought me on board to help scale it. And you know, we're, I'm sitting here, I've been here 21 months now. We've gone from three people to 40. We'll be about 60 to 70 by the end of the year. Wow. So it's, been, it's been quite a ride so far. That's amazing. And did did you shift a little bit after the launch or did you kind of stay with the initial vision and it, it's kind of playing out the way that you had thought it would? Uh, no, we made a shift. Um, I pulled us towards revenue operations and away from just being a Salesforce consultancy probably in July of 21. Okay. Um, and definitely think it was the right move. Yeah. That we, it, there's so many folks that are looking for that technical aspect, but... There's uh, a big gulf in the places that we play for people who both do the technical and the strategic work. So that's where I think we've done really well. And we and were able to bring together that go-to-market process and that business acumen with a technical team that can deliver on it. Okay, interesting. And so I wonder then, given the complexity of that, what what parts of the organization are you touching? Are there different constituencies that you have to kind of talk to as you're going through the implementation? So um, it depends. Again, I, I, it's always going to depend, right? Um, yeah. Company makeup is different. Alignment, departmental setup is always different. But by and large, we're touching sales, marketing, CS, the operations team, usually in some way, shape, or form connecting into finance. Um, and those are the main ones. In some cases, products, depending on whether or not they have a backend system that they want to draw data from to be able to do some forecasting or modeling through. Okay, got it. And then what, how, you know, you said there's a plethora of people that are out there. How are you kind of separating yourselves out from the other folks that might be saying, well, we do part of this or part of that? Like, What's your positioning there? Yeah, well, I think we've done a really good job of 
helping to find the space. We are the leaders in the RevOps as a service space. And when it comes to separating ourselves, most other consultancies focus on a very strict SOW. They focus on project work and we do neither of those things. We have a non-existent SOW. Everything is in scope with our clients. We understand the, um, the implications that a two to three week pause might mean for their business when you're trying to figure out if we can or can't do something. And the stakes for them are too high to be able to do that, right? We want to be a good partner. We want to meet them where they're at. So that's why we don't do an SOW. And we don't do project work because I think it just incentivizes bad behavior in a lot of cases. For us, we want to be a thoughtful partner in the way that we work with our clients. So we do annual or multi-annual agreements where we can walk alongside them long-term to help them focus on their business outcomes, whether that's strategic M&A, that next round of funding, um, an IPO, whatever it might be. Wow. Okay. And then, are you know, given that long-term vision, are you focusing on specific verticals that you're after now that that you feel like you're a good fit for the arc of what that industry is going through, or kind of how how have you kind of carved up the the known universe that you're going after? Yeah, for us, it's pretty straightforward. Seventy uh, percent of our clients play in the high-tech SaaS growth areas, right? So, Series A through Series D SaaS companies. Uh, the other 30% of our clients are typically comprised of financial services institutions. So think of investment, commercial, retail, or merchant banks, commercial okay. real estate brokerage and wealth management. And we also have a really unique market presence within the higher education and nonprofit space. Okay. Uh, we work with a large handful of colleges there. So interesting. And in the financial world, do you run into additional um I guess, development cycles that you have to go through to be compliant with the, that those parts of the organization that have to worry about those sorts of things? Or does that not really touch your business that much? It's something that you have to be mindful of when you're going in and architecting. But uh-huh. by and large, the systems that we're working with are already up to snuff when it comes to CCPA, GDPR, um, any number of SOC 2 or HIPAA compliance, depending on what some folks over in the healthcare space um, and the systems that we use are typically FINRA and SEC compliant as well, or we're building them in such a way that they are. Um, but yeah, those are things that are top of mind. Um, Seamus, our, our founder, started his Salesforce career working for an investment bank. So we have a lot of that tribal knowledge when it comes to financial services already. My background is fintech. So it's uh, something that's been well ingrained in us. Right. Yeah. And that must have helped inform like how you think of the whole sales cycle and everything, if that's your background there. What's sure. That? And like we have a good chunk of folks that work for us that come from the federal, state and local government space. So, again, used to working in highly regulated, lots of bureaucracy and red tape. Right. This must be a breath of fresh air for them then. <laughs> yeah. Being with the, they the seem to be happy at work. Yeah. yeah I would bet. Yeah. <laughs> And what was the the arc? So you guys launched essentially during the COVID era. What was that like navigating mm-hmm. through that? Um, I think it's one of the reasons we've succeeded so well, right? We don't have a lot of the traditional trappings that most of our competitors or other people just in the space in general have, right? There's no building. There's no overhead cost there. I don't have to pay utilities. Um, 
there's no janitor fee to pay, right? It's just, we, the overhead is so limited and it's allowed us to pour so much back into the business. Instead of trying to collect a profit every year, we just constantly push the money back in and higher and higher and higher because we see the demand and the need. Right. And have you noticed uh, the companies that you're working with making similar changes? Have they been able to be nimble that way as well? Or are they still um, kind of on the old model from, you know, with all these legacy assets that they have to support? Are you seeing a migration away from that now? I think by and large, people are bought into a work from home or work from anywhere sort of model. I think it becomes much more difficult if you made a large capital investment in brand new real estate in let's say late 2019, right? You know, you've got a three or four year lease that you picked up and now you're like, Oh my goodness. Like that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, everyone's trying to be creative around it and figure out other ways to use that space. Well, yeah. Yeah. I would think that with the financial world, like those folks in generally, you know, they signed long leases and that sort of thing and probably trying to think through how to navigate through that's going to be a challenge in the coming years. Um, what what's the strategy that you're using now to kind of reach out to customers? How are you finding folks? How are they finding you? Yeah, a lot of what we've done has been strategic thought leadership in the places where the people that need our kind of help live and breathe. Right? Where do they go when they have problems that they need to solve? You know, Pre-pandemic, it was conferences. Or if your company wouldn't buy you a ticket to a conference, it was the bars and the restaurants around the conference, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Go gorilla. Um, nowadays, it's online communities. It's chat rooms and forums. And yeah, that, I think it's a, it's a great place to be. Right. Um, a lot of, a lot of what we've done is in those areas. And because of it, we've been able to cultivate a really strong brand in a short period of time while giving people real value, you know, not asking for anything in return, but showing up and doing so consistently. Right. And with your no SOW philosophy, that's got to make them feel comfortable as well. If they're, if you're showing well, up in the places. Honestly, they in, in those, in those situations, it's not even a, a, a consultant client relationship. It's just giving back to the community. There's, there's so much need and a lack of knowledge around what we do but it's such a vital piece of so many companies in making them run more efficiently, whether that's in an economic upturn or even more so now as we see a looming recession or maybe we're in one, I don't even know anymore. But as things get tighter and people look to drive towards profitability, it's the number one place to focus, right? You have to drive efficiency and get yourself to a place where if you're a SaaS company, your burn rate's down to a one, or you're at a place where you're actually profitable. Right? Yeah, amazing. And what what are the main social media channels that you're active in now? Are those uh, a, a big part of how you're finding folks or not so much? Uh, yeah, I think it, they've played a large part of it. Uh, Slack, LinkedIn. We do some stuff on Instagram, some stuff on TikTok, but a lot of that was a lot more educational than it was any type of. Um, Go to market motion. Um, we were focused pretty heavily on in-person events as well. So we go to a lot of conferences and we host a lot of folks at our uh, suite at SAP Center. So right on. 
Great. Well, thanks for getting us up to speed on what you're up to. And we wish you continued success in the future. It's going to be fun to watch you grow from here. Thanks, Jimmy. Really appreciate it. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.